You're listening to episode 18 of the Boss Lady Investor Podcast. OMG, I kind of have a girl crush on today's podcast guest. So today I'm going to be bringing to you Tatum Skipper, who is absolutely fabulous and has started a wonderful company. But before we get there, just a quick reminder, I do have a book out there. If you will, grab a copy of it. Give me a rating. Would love it. The name of the book is The Boss Lady Investor. You don't need a dick to understand money. And the book is designed to help you get your financial house in order, start understanding saving, investing, and growing your wealth so that you can live the financial life of your dreams. I promise you it's not a boring book. I wrote it from my perspective and the perspective of lots of different women. So we don't ever talk about price to earnings ratios or any weird words like that. We talk about how to afford travel and how to deal with marriage and money and things that we actually give a shit about. Um, And then I also do explain to you a little bit about investing and how I went from being in massive debt to becoming a millionaire before I was 40 years old. So it's out there on Amazon. Again, the boss lady investor, you don't need a dick to understand money. If you already have a copy of it, please give me a review. I really need reviews. I only have 13 right now and I need lots more reviews to make the book get out to more people in the world. So a review would be great. And if you're loving the show, hit subscribe, give me a review on the podcast. And of course, follow me on all the social medias at the boss lady investor. Now today's guest. So Tatum Skipper is currently living in Atlanta. She has such a unique story. She went to college, was going to be a plastic surgeon, ended up dropping out of school, which a lot of people say, oh my gosh, but for her, it was the perfect thing to do because she found her life's passion and that is travel. So she started blogging and vlogging about travel and has grown her Instagram following to over 32,000 followers, which is fucking fantastic in my opinion. I'm having a hard time getting over a thousand followers. So this badass boss babe has 32,000 followers. On top of that, if you go to her website, bonvoyage-babes.com, it's a beautiful website. It's so well done. And let me just read you a little blurb from the front so you can see how fun and awesome this girl is. So it says, hey babe, I'm Tatum and I created Bon Voyage Babes to take the bullshit out of everything travel. The average babe on Instagram doesn't get paid to go on exotic destinations around the world. She doesn't have the fanciest clothes or 18 weeks of paid vacation off. The fluff that surrounds the travel influencer industry sometimes hurts the actual inspiration that should be going on. She continues to say, I want to make travel more relatable, more tangible, giving babes everywhere the power, time, and freedom to travel on her own terms. If you're here right now, I know you're a -a one-of-a-kind babe that simply needs some travel guidance. Listen, girlfriend, I was in your shoes and I am here to help. So that's one of the pages of her website and it just speaks to how she views things, how she talks about things, how cool she is. And I just really enjoyed this interview and I hope you guys do. Please help me in welcoming Tatum to the show. Tatum, you are amazing. I'm so excited about this interview. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Can you just tell us a little bit about you and your story and how you ended up being where you are today. Okay, so hi, I'm Tatum. <laughs> and I got into traveling, of course, after a really bad breakup, which I kind of feel like everything sounds a little bit cliche, but I was in a really terrible relationship 
And after that, I just kind of realized that I had lost myself completely. Just start being spontaneous and I ended up being extra spontaneous. I dropped out of college. Uh, I just, I just knew I needed something more in my life. I didn't know what that was. Um, I traveled a little bit before, but never really to the extent of what I ended up doing. So after that relationship, I was just like, screw it. I am going on a vacation and one vacation turned into two and two turned into 20. And I was like, wow, seeing the way that other people live throughout the world is amazing. Like I grew up in a really small town in, um, North Carolina very rural it had like maybe one stoplight so getting out and like seeing and viewing the world for really what it is and how other people live and cultures it was just insane so i was like how am i ever gonna find my place in the world if i don't see the world you know so after i started traveling a lot uh i i feel like if you asked all my friends they would say you know, I'm kind of like a party girl, but I just love to entertain people. I love to make them laugh. So, so many of my friends were like, you need to start a blog or you need to write down everything that you've been doing while you're traveling because I started inspiring a lot of my close friends and then other people to really like want to travel the world. So that's kind of how I got into it. And I started my blog probably about, oh, I think it's been four years ago. And I mean, it's definitely been a struggle. You know, I've been a one man band pretty much this whole time. So yeah, that's kind of, now I'm actually in Atlanta. I live in the outskirts and screw the other guy that I was with. I now have an amazing fiance and yeah. So we live in the outskirts of Atlanta. I love it up here. I feel like Georgia is a very diverse state. You can have the beach, the mountains, a big city. I mean, it's awesome. So that's where I'm at. You're in Loganville, right? Yes. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the meme or whatever, but it's like, don't move to Atlanta. We're full. Yeah. I, I actually grew up in Snellville. Oh, no so, way. Yeah. I graduated from Brookwood High School right down the street from where you are. Yeah. It's literally right down the street. I mean, it's such a cute little town. And it's funny because a lot of people, you know, Atlanta is a, a far distance, I guess you would say, about 50 minutes, but you get so much more bang for your buck out here. And since I work from home and my fiance works in Tucker, actually, which is maybe like 30 minutes, it's like, why are we going to pay the same amount that we pay for our mortgage to live in a one bedroom high rise in the city? Yeah, no. And it's a great, it's a great point. It's a great thing to talk about too, because the commute's really tough, but I was 23 and if I wanted to get an apartment, it was exactly that. It was going to be like $1,200 a month, whereas I could buy a house and build equity and I would have to commute, but it was totally worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. And I you know, turned on my radio and off I went and did that for a while. At some point the commute became too much and I couldn't, then I started working for myself, but to start off, it made a lot more sense to buy in the suburb. Um, and back then, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, Atlanta, it was not what it is now. It's grown so much and so yeah. nice now. Yeah, yeah so I mean, it's it, it definitely grown a lot. And I don't know, I just feel like, 
I, I guess because I grew up in a decent sized house and we always had land. Like I said, we lived in a very rural area and I just, we actually used to live in Duluth before we bought this house. So we lived in a two bedroom apartment, like near Buckhead, I guess. And then we moved out to Duluth and now we uh, live in Loganville, but even living out in Duluth, it was good that we had a house, but we were so on top of our neighbors. And for an extra like 30 grand, we could have two acres with barely any neighbors, you know, so a much nicer house. So I think it's just all based on really what you want. Yeah, your lifestyle. Some of my friends were like, I could never not live in the city and it would make them crazy. But um, for me, I, I like, I like both. So I live in Daytona now. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's very city. And then, but I still have a farm in Gainesville, Georgia. And I love the farm seven acres and it's awesome. And I get to be rural and escape the city, but then I like being in the city when I'm in Daytona. So it's just, you got to find one that works for your lifestyle. I mean, sometimes we, we honestly would like to live in the city. You know, it sucks having to, you know, if I want to go to an event and I have to leave an hour, sometimes an hour and a half earlier, depending on what time the event is. And then, you know, I'm getting back late. You know, just like little things, walking around, going to little random events or something. But I don't know. For me, I like having my space, my privacy, (laughs) being able to be as loud as I want and no one gives a shit about it. Exactly. Exactly. And you work from home. So you've got to have space. If you're on top of each other working from home, that's another added level of annoyingness. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So awesome. So you dropped out of school. Let's talk about that because that was probably a big decision for you. And um, in, in my book, we talk a lot about how I think college is significantly overrated. I think it's for a small percentage of the population. Yep. And I think most people can be highly successful without it. It's become a machine and an industry that's costing people a fortune. So I'm curious to got to the decision that college wasn't for you, dropped out. And how, how did that work for you emotionally, mentally, for your family, all that? So when I was growing up, I was always super competitive. Uh, it's just kind of, my parents weren't really overbearing, you know, they, they weren't like, if you get a B, you're grounded for three weeks, but I just always wanted to make them proud. So when I graduated high school, I was valedictorian. Uh, you know, I got full ride scholarships to multiple places. <clears throat> I ended up going to NC state and you could not tell me otherwise that I was not going to be a plastic surgeon. Like I had wanted to be a plastic surgeon literally my whole life. So I ended up going to school for that. And then I kind of switched my major. And then I decided that I want to move to Florida. I was ready to get out. You know, even Raleigh is still kind of like a small city or it was at least at the time. And I was like, I just need to get out. I just need to, I I need a change. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Florida and I went to UCF, which was a huge change. Uh, it's it's called UCF uh, because you can't finish. That's what they say. And of course, here I am, didn't finish. But um, I don't know. It was just, I, I felt like I just needed something more. And my parents were pissed because I had straight A's all through college. And they just thought that I was wasting my life away. And I just knew that even though I knew I wanted to be a plastic surgeon or then I ended up switching my major to forensic science, I didn't want two weeks out of the year 
where I could go on vacation. And then as I started getting older and really kind of understanding, it's like you go to college and then you have all these skills, even a master's degree or whatever, but you go to work for someone else and you're allowing them to put a number on top of your head for what you're worth. And I think that's stupid. It's limiting because once you get a degree as well, then you're kind of funneled into that's your career path. You right. know? So if you had got your medical degree, how do you then have possible student loans for a medical degree? I wanted to be, you know, a specialized plastic surgeon, uh, plastic surgeon. So, you know, residency can take anywhere from two to 10 years. Uh, it, it was just as I started getting older and started really kind of figuring out what I wanted in life. Like I'm also a woman and I know that means nothing, but I, I want to have a family and I feel like going into that profession and having, you know, those really long hours and finally making money after you pay back all your debt, it's kind of like, well, shit, now I'm 40 years old. And it's a great point. And you said like, you are a woman and you do want to spend time with family. And if you have children, you want to be able to see them every now and again. Right. And in the profession, while you may make a ton of money at the end of the day, the only non-renewable resource we have is time, Right. Exactly. Yeah. You could have the money, but not the time. And that's, you're never going to get, get that back. You never get that back. And, and so if you take a job or create a job, create a business that you might not make as much money, but right. you get more time, there's yeah. a huge value in that, you know? Yeah. I feel like time is really our biggest asset and I say it time and time again. So my fiance, he actually grew up, his parents are very wealthy and I grew up like just regular middle class, but my parents have always instilled in me that don't buy the things that you don't need. Don't spend money on these flashy things on all of this. Like I remember um, before we moved to North Carolina, which is pretty much where I grew up, we lived in South Carolina, which is kind of like a more country club area. And they would tell me that some of my friends, you know, who always had the, the best limited two outfits, <laughs> if that shows my age, uh, the, the best limited two outfits or the nicest cars or whatever, my parents told me they were in debt. Their, their credit cards were maxed out and that was never my parents. They always paid cash for their cars. Um, my dad built both of the houses that we've lived in. They just... And now they have eight income properties. So they're over here balling. They call themselves uh, the slumdog millionaires because <laughs> they have eight um, mobile homes that they have because we have all this land. And it's a hot commodity when you live in a rural area. And if you were to see some of these mobile homes, I'd be like, shit, I'd rather live in that than some apartment with a lease that you know, you can't do anything to. So, well, and for those that are listening that don't know, mobile homes are a hot ticket item. Like I'm dying to buy a mobile home park here in Florida, but yeah. you can't get one because it's so limited. So cool. Let's talk about your parents for a minute. So they taught you clearly a lot about the value of money and right. the things that I say repeatedly. Um, I'm podcasting from my bedroom because we've got company in town. So I've been kicked out of my office. And as you're saying this, I'm looking around. I live in a beautiful house on the intercoastal. It's awesome. But in my bedroom, the main pieces of furniture, it's all stuff that we purchased and repurposed. We have company coming in this afternoon and I know they're going to walk in and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, your bedroom's so beautiful because it is. And our, the entire bedroom was less than a thousand dollars. But I live in a you know, I live in a house on the intercoastal. And when you walk in, you're going to assume that everything is expensive, right? So it's not. And that's, that's those values that your parents taught you of 
I could go buy a $20,000 bed, but I'm going to sleep just as nicely as I do on the bed I have right now. I'd rather take the money I saved in furniture, you know, and go on a safari for $20,000. And that would be more fun to me. That's more enjoyable to me. So um, I think it's really cool that they taught you those values. And then they're showing you how to create a lifetime of wealth by having the properties because real estate investing is a huge way to create a lifetime passive income stream and eventually an asset base to retire on, live off, whatever you want to do. Um, and that's how we grow right. wealth. Actually, my husband and I, we, you know, our companies make great money, but to actually truly build wealth, it was through real estate investing. So. Yeah, I think it's, I, I honestly believe that no matter how much money I was, I would ever have in my lifetime that I would always look for a good deal. You know, I love to not extreme coupon, but I like to get coupons or I love to just look for better deals, especially when I'm traveling. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned, uh, you know, there's so many people come to me. How do you get to travel so much? Well, one, I make traveling a priority. And two, I cut out all the excess bullshit that people spend money on. You know, I cook all my meals at home. I'm actually a really fabulous cook if you wanted to know. <laughs> I'll make you some of my salmon one day, but I, I found out that I love to cook. And so I use that as a way to save money. That way I can travel more. And one of the big things when I do travel is, um, for example, so I was in Europe backpacking for 30 days. There was a lot of places where, yes, I could buy a train pass for like a hundred bucks or just like a train ticket. And then there was also a bus pass for like 20 bucks and it, it would get there one hour later. So I could spend $20 or I could spend a hundred dollars and get there one hour later. Sometimes it was even less time on the bus because the train made a lot of stops. So that extra $80 I could spend on going to do a food and wine tour or something, or, you know, buying my own bottle of champagne, you know, just different ways. I think people are just really lazy. They just, they don't want to take the extra time to save a little bit of money, but what people don't realize that really it adds up that little extra hundred dollars here and $80 here, it adds up. So a, I'm very conscious. Yeah. Like we, we just, we have two exchange students um, that live with us for the year and we just got them, um, we're taking them to Aruba for their Christmas present. And Aww. yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But we were originally going to take them on a cruise. And so we're looking, just because they'd never been on a cruise. My husband's never been on a cruise. And so we started looking and we're looking at, well, we have a gazillion frequent flyer miles and Hilton points and all that stuff. So we're looking and finally we just sat down and my husband and I were like, okay, we could spend all this money on a cruise or let's look and see what deals are out there with miles and points. And we looked out and right. we booked a full week at the Hilton resort in Aruba round trip tickets for all of us. My husband and I will be in first class and spent $0. I mean, we're going to spend money there, wow. you know, but it was $0. Yeah, of course. And I think you're right. I think people get lazy and they don't look at like, we're psychotic about our points. We're psychotic about making sure our credit cards are tied to some kind of benefit and then paying our credit cards off. Tomorrow, right. You know, but we find, ways like we airbnb a lot and when we travel we travel constantly and there's always unique ways that we're able to do it and not spend a fortune so 
I think you're right. And that's because you make it a priority, you know, saving money to you is a priority because you know that money can be used for investing or other leisurely activities in the long run. And I think so many people, they just sit there and they complain, they make excuses. Well, I don't have time for that. Like, I, I don't know how to use that. It's like nothing but excuses. So don't come wanting to me when you don't have the money that you need to go on a trip. So let's talk about then. Okay. So you left school. Parents were a little upset, but I'm sure they're over it at this point. And uh, then how did you go from your friends started telling you, Hey, share your travel experiences, but then you went into blogging and blogging and telephone about how that transition went and the struggles bumps along the road, financial bumps along the road and things that were good, good for you along the way. So when I was living in Orlando, I actually have an uncle who deals with like mortgage fraud and he set me up with this guy who has medical spas and we were like sitting at dinner one night and he was talking about running his social media, how he paid this woman a ridiculous amount of money to run her social media. And at this time I dropped out of college. I was working um, as a shot girl at <laughs> Senior Frogs. <laughs> Dance on the tables and I only worked for like four hours. It was amazing. Um, but we, so we were at dinner. He was telling me about how, how much he paid this girl to run his social media. And I almost spit out my drink. And after that, I was like, I'll, I'll run your social media for half, half the amount of money. I didn't know how to run social media at the time. I was just like, holy crap, this is so much money. Like I'm going to figure it out. So that's actually how I got started on my entrepreneurial journey. So I started working with social media for him and his company. And then after that, I was like, you know what, if I can have one client and make this amount of money, I need to get, find more clients because, you know, once you start doing social media, it gets to become really easy. There's a lot of automated systems and stuff. So in the process of also starting my blog, I ended up starting my own social media management company. I think what happens on every entrepreneurial journey is you just, you have to evolve. And whatever your passion, whatever you're feeling at that time, if you want to kind of mold it into something else, I think you should just go for it. You know, trying to stay in one thing that you don't necessarily love, which I started to realize if I'm working on my own brand, but then also working on a lot of other people's brands, I just, I was getting burnt out really quick because I'm very creative. I have a very creative mind, but trying to work on other people's businesses and then go back and be creative for mine. It just wasn't working. So I ended up actually getting picked up by this corporate company to do their marketing. So here's me who dropped out of college with a forensic science degree, actually. <laughs> and then I'm doing marketing for this like big company and I have no background in any of this. So they picked me up and I kind of like let blogging fall off a little bit. And I kind of let my social media management agency, they basically were like, we want to buy out your time so that you only focus on us. And then after that, that's when I realized that I hate corporate anything. And after nine months, they said, 
you know, thank you so much for everything, but we need to cut our budget and blah, blah, blah. And after that, I was like, okay, no more working or doing anything else for anyone. I'm going to focus on me and on my brand. So that's kind of been the journey. Now, the only good thing, I guess, about working for the corporate company is that I didn't have to go out and look for more clients. I was making more money than I had ever made in my whole life, but I just wasn't happy. And I think even though I had a fat bank account and a nice savings, I was miserable. And I think that's always been my mentality, no matter what is, is I don't care about, like, obviously I want to be stable and sustainable, but if I'm not happy, you're going to know, and it's going to show in my work because I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I think a lot of people are are scared of that. They're scared to have to hustle for a long time. Everyone is so impatient, including myself. You know, we just want all this overnight financial stability and success and fame and fortune, like everything. And that's just not how it goes. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. And it takes it takes time. And it and in corporate, you also learn certain rule. There's good things that you learn from corporate. I started off in corporate. I like you. I absolutely cannot stand it. If I ever had to go to back to that, I think I'd, oh my gosh, I would die. But I think I would rather be homeless. Literally, and, and I tell everyone at this point, I'm unemployable, so it doesn't really matter. So I better figure it out. Cause right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. So, but you do kind of get molded into, if you step outside of the box, if you do your own thing, on occasion, it might work, but most of the time, you're going to get shunned. It's like poo-pooed down of, no, you can't do that. This is how we do things. And if you're a creative person right. and an outside-of-the-box thinker, you cannot stay there for very long. There's just no way. Well, and especially because, you know, here I am, a Southern girl. I I have a big mouth, I and I can't help it. It's gotten me in trouble my entire life because I feel like whenever you're telling me your opinion – and I have an opposing opinion or whatever, I feel the need I have to say it. And especially if there there's men who are in power, you know, it, it was a boss, pretty much the whole upper level of their company was nothing but men. And I don't like to be talked down to because I know I'm not stupid. Just because you're over here running this multi-million dollar company, that doesn't mean you don't need a fresh pair of eyes or someone to come in and be like, look, you're doing this like the 1950s way, okay? You hired me for a reason. So let me do my job and let's go with it, you know? But when people are so stuck on their own ways, it's like you're you're only going to get so far, you know? Just like I said earlier, you really have to evolve with the time. And I think people are constantly having to evolve with money. You know, the, back when I started my blog there wasn't really the whole like influencer thing. It kind of came, you know, I feel like more three-ish. It was like right when I started, it wasn't really a thing, but it was becoming a thing. So, you know, I think that's why I've kind of rode this wave of, okay, trying to figure out how I can make money and how I can really stay true to myself. That's why with the whole like influencer thing, it's fun. And of course people are like, wow, you get to go pay you get to be paid for traveling. But sometimes because I do have a mouth and I'm very opinionated, I don't always 
like the places I go <laughs> or the products that I'm given. And that's why I was like, I, I can't be paid by companies to write a review that I just don't like, you know? And that's the whole reason why I actually started my blog in the first place. I remember me and my fiance went to um, Dubai and then we went to Bali after that to celebrate our one year like dating anniversary. I know we're so mushy. <laughs> so we go out to Bali and I had read all these blogs before and I didn't have a blog at the time. And all I saw were beautiful pictures of places, but no one told me that they had a really crappy road system. No one told me about a lot of the things that I needed to know when I was going to Bali. So when I came back, I was like, there's so much fluff on the internet. I need to write something that people can see the good side of things, but also the bad and the ugly, because that's what traveling is. There's good, bad, and ugly in the world. And, you know, thinking that I'm going to this tropical oasis where I get to ride around in these Vespas when really it's just... (laughs) people piled onto a moped and the road systems take an extra 50 minutes to get somewhere. You know, it's just, I I just wanted to be real with people. And I feel like people either love that or they hate it. And that's fine. And that's fine. Some people are going to connect and some people aren't. And from doing my research on you, you've done an excellent job of connecting with people. And those that want to hear the truth and want to hear what they can really expect and not just the fluff of the glamour and all that stuff. You're going to tell them that. And the people that don't want to hear it, that's not your client anyway. You know? Yep. Exactly. I don't, I don't, I'm not talking to them anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of people that listen are, you know, have aspirations to one day be an influencer. We all know that that's a huge thing right now. So you actually are. And for anyone that hasn't gone to check out her Instagram and stuff, you have over 32,000 followers. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty significant. So how did you go in that world? And you just covered it a little bit, but what has that entailed for you? And what, tell us a little bit more about the positives and the negatives and what you have to do to continue to be an influencer, to continue to be relevant and just the things about being an influencer. Um, Okay. So it definitely has its ups and downs, its pros and cons. Um, I think it just really depends on the bigger picture, you know, I honestly don't believe that being a so-called influencer is going, is sustainable in a sense. Uh, I know a lot of people who have lifestyle blogs, travel blogs, all of that, but it's kind of been morphing into, you know, a lot of people either sell presets or they sell their own kind of brand. Or I actually follow some girl um, who lives in Australia, or actually she lives in Bali, But she's used her platform, um, you know, to make lots of money. And then she invested in buying an Airbnb in Bali. So she's using her influencer power to book her Bali little bungalow. And so I think if you have a bigger picture of more than just you want to work with brands and make money and travel the world, I think if you can find other ways to be more sustainable with you know, the amount of money that you make and what you do with that after, I think that's what's kind of going to keep you going in the long run. I mean, I'll say it and I'm sure that people say it all the time, but it's actually really in depth. You know, Instagram, you want to create this 
trust with your audience. And that means you have to be engaging all the time. And I know that the way that social media is going, like video and those little voice memos and stuff to people, that way that you can really connect so that they know that there's a person behind, you know, your computer or phone. I think that's a huge part is when people start getting really big, they start losing the so-called little people and they're not talking to them or interacting with them as much. But I know someone like Angie Lee, she has an amazing podcast and she um, has a, a pretty decent following. She has this crazy conference, but she interacts with people. Like I've talked to her before via voice message all the time because she's very hard on dating your client, I guess, or dating your followers. And I think that's really important. People just want to jump to, okay, yeah, thank you for the like, thank you for the comment. That's it, you know? So influencers weren't a thing for my life. And right. then there's people that like, you are a true influencer. Um, there's a couple kids I know that I knew them as little as kids and they've blown up and they're awesome influencers and they're, they're really killing it. But like you said, they have something else, whether it's a clothing line um, right. or very, we're monetizing this to, to the next level. But then I see tons of girls in their twenties, late teens that are posting bathing suit pick after bathing suit pick. And listen, I'm envious. Cause I wish I looked like that in a bathing suit. <laughs> day. I never did. But, right. You know, they're trying to create like a, a model status and I, I agree with you. I don't know that that form of influencer is sustainable. It's right. cool that, that way a certain period of your life. So that's great. But it's not a career to just post bathing suit pictures, you know? Like, honestly, I feel like, you know how a lot of people, if they end up going to college, or at least when I was growing up now, a lot of people who are my age, I'm 29. So a lot of people went to college, whatever. And they were working in restaurants. I feel like now the whole like, a beauty slash uh, bathing suit influencer or whatever is kind of like working at the restaurant. You know, you do it for a few years to get you through college and whatever, and then you figure out what you want to do. Yeah, you figure out how to actually make some real money. Right, so. right. You use it as a tool. But now I think that, you know, because things are evolving so much, and I always go back to that word evolve because that's what you have to do. And I've been just really kind of annoyed with Instagram lately. I just feel like there's all these rules now or there's so there's all these different ways that you have to force it to get in front of an audience, you know, with the algorithm and hashtags and some hashtags, they shadow ban you. There's like all these, if you like too many things and they block you, it's just, it's gotten really complicated. So I started doing TikTok actually and you know, I, I just study a lot of the way that the world is kind of moving. And if I can reach even more people on a different platform, you know, in a different, more uh, comedic way, I guess, because like I said earlier, I love to entertain people. I mean, I would hope that I'm a little bit funny, at least. <laughs> I, I have all these crazy ideas, but maybe they don't translate the best. Uh, but who cares if it's not... TikTok isn't going to stay around like Vine in it or, you know, as long as you can be relevant for the here and now and what people, where the people are, then I think you should just go for it. 
yeah, Instagram, you're, you're right. Like a lot of people are annoyed with Instagram right now. And the last three podcasts I've had with people under the age of 30, will say TikTok keeps getting brought up. I shared with someone the other day that when I was in Georgia for Thanksgiving, I was up in flowery branches at my sister's and um, my nieces were like, Oh, Aunt Krista, let's make a TikTok. And I was, I didn't know what it was. So I was like, sure. So we did this funny, they taught me some TikTok dance, or I don't know if it's a TikTok dance, but some dance that we did. And, you know, I'm not very coordinated at dancing. So it was rather entertaining. And yeah, when I came back for Christmas, they were like, we have such and such number of views. And I said, is that, I don't know. Is that good? Is that not good? I don't know anything about TikTok. And they're like, oh yeah, no, no, it's really, really good. Like we never get that kind of views. And so I, I have to become more relevant and possibly be the oldest person on TikTok. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I actually watch a lot of videos that have, you know, people who are older. Um, I follow this investor guy and he just talks about how he became a millionaire and it's really just about him investing. And it's, I, I when I tell you that I have learned so many things from TikTok, like <laughs> you will be amazed at just little things. Uh, like the other night, I know this has nothing to do with anything. But I watched this video of this girl being like, do you know why your candles aren't burning the right way? It's because you're not doing it like this. And I'm like, I never knew that. <laughs> it's almost like a, a little snippet video of Google if you were to Google anything. It's different things that you might not know that you even want to learn. So I did not wear a lot of makeup growing up. It wasn't my thing. But as I'm getting older, I, I've determined I actually need to. So little things like learning how to do contouring and stuff right. like that that people do videos on. I don't know how to do that. And I'm not going to sit down for hours and hours and watch video upon video. So it's a quick, right. easy way. To and it's, it's also another way to get inspiration. So if you are trying to be an influencer, you know, if you're in a specific niche, so like for me, I'm in the travel niche. I just like to go follow the hashtag on TikTok, like travel or TikTok travel, whatever, see what's trending, see what people are doing and not necessarily copy that and be like, but be like, okay, these people are, you know, hiking and doing sunsets or they're doing um, where they snap their fingers and they're in a different location for 15 seconds, you know, things like that. It's just a, a way to find inspiration so that you can create content for yourself. So how did you go into blogging and vlogging and how have you monetized it? If you have, if you haven't monetized, share that too, but how, how did that transition go where you actually made that more of a career and not just something fun to do? So I started working with brands. Well, here was the thing. Actually, in the very beginning, because this is how hard-headed I am, my blog was actually called Bob Voyage Bitches because no one could tell me that I couldn't have Bob Voyage Bitches as my name. That's awesome. But... As I started getting older, or like my, my blog started getting more traffic, I realized that the way that social media was going at the time, it was morphing into this pay to play type of thing. So if you really wanted to get in front of a bigger audience, you know, either promoting or boosting a post on Facebook, on Instagram, I couldn't do that because I had the word bitches in my name. And a lot of brands wouldn't really necessarily work with me in the beginning. So I had a very tight niche, I guess, for people who were just like, fuck it, let's work with you. Who cares what your name is type of thing. 
Um, but as I, well, so I ended up hiring a business coach and at the time I had just gotten engaged and I just love planning things. I'm very OCD. So with my blogging, I kind of started doing these little like bachelorette eBooks. Um, there was one for like a party girl for an Instagram girl and one for like more of a low key girl. And you could just pay a small fee and you have this book. So whenever you're going on a bachelorette, it's like, hey, I feel like my bride is a crazy party girl and we're going to Palm Springs. So they just download this. Everything's done for you. So that was kind of one of the biggest ways I changed my name from Bomb Voyage Bitches to Babes. And then I added the whole like bachelorette section. Um, and so that's kind of, and then I was able to work with a lot more brands. And now I'm actually shifting into travel coaching because like I said before, I just don't feel like the whole influencer thing allows me to really stay true to what, who I am. So I'm getting into travel coaching because I realized that my entire life, I have been kind of like the odd girl out. I would say mostly because I have to live up to the name Tatum, which is definitely out there. <laughs> Not a lot of people have that name. Right, um, and for Tater. Yeah, <laughs> Tater, Tater Salad. Trust me, I, I have a whole list. We had to start over because I was like, and Tater. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, wait, you already know me so well. That's <laughs> something I want to talk about. What you just brought up was, um, you because you've said it twice, and it interests me because I'm going to be self-proclaimed the same. So you mentioned that you might be a party girl. And I want to talk about that because it's important. It's probably how I connected with you because um, we're on a group online together. And you connect with people that you feel are like you. So again, I'm 42, and I'm still a party girl. And love partying, love life, love having a good time. And I'm not stopping doing that. I have no interest in stopping doing that. It's the way I choose to live my life. But that doesn't mean I party and then don't go to work the next day. Like it's hardcore everything I do. Looking at your at your um, website and your Instagram and all that, you're out there, you're living life, you're doing it, but you're still getting up in the morning and going to work the next day. And where the party girls out there that get they get a little off track is they stop getting up and going to work. They stop caring. They stop stick with the party. And it's really cool to see other women like you that are out there and doing it, loving life, having fun, and still getting up and doing the thing. So I just want to compliment you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think that has always been the biggest thing. So I have a really kind of small, close-knit group of friends. We call ourselves the degenerates because really when we're all together, that's all that we act like. And, you know, when we've talked about this before, it's always been, you know, one of them is a nurse, one of them is a speech pathologist, you know, one is a recruiter. There, there's so many different walks of life within our group, and we all still and go do the damn thing in the morning, you know? We don't let anything get stand in the way of our career and making money. That way we can go do more fun things together. And I think that's the fine line is when you start being really lazy. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like for me, it's even harder because I work from home. I There is no one who's like, you need to get up or you're going to be fired or whatever. When you're an entrepreneur and you work for yourself, you have to treat 
everyday kind of like it is business. You know, of course I'll be in my sweatpants half the time eating uh, pasta at my desk until I throw up or drinking a truly at two o'clock in the afternoon if I want to. I mean, I can do whatever I want, but as long as I'm getting my shit done and doing what I need to do, who cares? That's, that's the beauty of working for yourself. And I think that's why it's so important is if you are miserable and that's actually a lot that I've been studying with me kind of morphing into the fearless travel coach is people are scared to get out of their routines. They're scared to get out of their comfort zones, scared to get out of a job that they honestly hate just because they're comfortable. And, you know, as cliche as it sounds, nothing ever good, nothing amazing ever comes from your comfort zone. All right. So what exactly is a travel coach? So it's definitely a new term. And I remember how you said that we met in this group. So there was one night I was actually kind of drunk laying in my bed <laughs> and I was scrolling through this like entrepreneur um, group and I saw someone post about needing social media help. And because I've just done it for so long and it's just easy for me and just another form of income to stream of income to make money. I messaged her and then this ended up getting into this whole long message. We realized that we were so much alike and she had actually started something called the travel coach program or the travel coach network. And she had a travel coaching program. And I just felt like somehow me being drunk in bed, scrolling through Facebook that I was meant to find her. And so ever since then, she has helped me realize that throughout my entire life, I have been nothing but fearless. Going back to what I was kind of saying earlier, living up to my name, I just, I've never conformed to what people wanted me to be. And it's been so important bringing that into everyday life now that I'm getting older, that I'm still acting fearless. So for travel, I just feel like it's so easy to use travel as a tool to help you overcome your fears in and outside of the workplace. If you're like a broke college student trying to find your way, which is what I was at the time, or if you're on an entrepreneurial journey, which is now what I am, or if you work in corporate, which I used to. And so I feel like I've kind of been every persona that I would end up speaking to. Um, so it it makes it a lot easier to be able to speak my customer's language um, because I've just, I've been in those positions, you know? So being a fearless travel coach is really just about showing you the fundamentals of how and why travel is so important and then giving you that confidence and that mindset to be able to go out and put that into action. Cool. And where all have you traveled? Because I think you've traveled pretty extensively and tell us some of the highlights of making travel a career because you get to go see the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking amazing. I, I love traveling. I, I, I think I almost get, like, I, I really don't get anxiety, but I get anxiety when I don't have anything planned or I don't have anything booked. I'm like, I start getting an itch, you know? Um, so yeah, I went backpacking Europe for 30 days by myself. Um, I had never been to Europe at the time and I opted not to get the 
international phone like package plan, I, I wanted to have to use maps. I wanted to be able to have to find my way and, you know, talk to people. Like I really wanted to be out of my comfort zone. Like I, I pushed myself. I only had one mental breakdown, which was like on day 15. <laughs> I, I was just cold and it was rainy and my phone had died. I couldn't find the Airbnb I was staying in. There was just all this drama, but that was the only little breakdown that I had on that trip. And then I actually drove uh, 8,500 miles around the United States by myself in my own little SUV. I got outside. <laughs> um, I went camping by myself. That's another beauty of traveling is when I was in Europe, I had friends that I, I hadn't seen since college that lived out there. Um, you know, I met new friends. I had friends who put me in touch with friends who live in Europe. It was just... I never really felt alone. I was either always making friends or had friends that I could meet up with. Um, and the same went for the United States. You know, I have cousins in California, friends in Denver, in uh, LA. I had a friend in St. Louis. So there was a lot of parts where, yeah, I was alone, but, you know, stop off at my friend's house for the weekend in Denver or something was, it was fun. It was awesome because... I didn't have to answer to anyone if I wanted to go and do or leave a place that I didn't like and move on, I could. So um, other than that, I think one of my favorite places I've ever been is South Africa because I am an adventure traveler, like adrenaline, everything. We went uh, great white shark diving, bungee jumping, paragliding like quad biking through the vineyards and I actually got engaged there. So he did good. He did good. South Africa is my top travel destination as well. We went on safari in um, Sabi Sands. Oh, so yep. up in the Lions Sands game reserve and it was amazing. And then we hopped around, we went to Botswana, Zambia um, and Zimbabwe, but South Africa was definitely my absolute favorite for anyone that loves adventure um, after when I came back from South Africa, quick story, I, I started a travel blog and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I stopped doing <laughs> That's what it does for you though. You're like, oh my God, I know everything about the world now. <laughs> I was like, I have to tell people about because we don't hear a lot about South Africa and it's so amazing. And um, when I actually, when I got off the airplane in Joburg, we were going through customs and I was standing in line for customs and I'd worked in finance forever and I'm in uh, the line and I hear this girl go Krista Dowling which is my main name is that you and I turned around and you're like and holy shit. holy shit how the fuck am I running with someone I know in South Africa well it was a girl I worked with when I was in mutual funds she had got laid off in the recession and um started blogging and writing it was just internet writing at the time and she ended up getting picked up by all these different places and now she lives half the year in South Africa half the year in Atlanta and travels the world doing travel articles. Wow. Really cool. So I was all inspired by her when I got home. But yeah, it, South Africa is amazing. What's a place that you, that you want to go to? I think if I could go anywhere right now. So at that time, um, my fiance actually surprised me with the trip to South Africa. But South Africa was my main place I wanted to go. Now, since I've already been, 
uh, Norway, I think is kind of one of my top places to go see the Northern Lights. I feel like a lot of people, I, I guess being in the whole like travel blogging world, I'm kind of in my own little sphere of, you know, following a lot of travel bloggers and that. So I feel like when places get really trendy, uh, that's why I feel like South Africa, I know you said a lot of people don't talk about it, which like normal people don't really talk about it. But in the travel industry, everyone was like going to South Africa and going on safaris. And I was like, I didn't want to go there because everyone was going there. Just like kind of with Iceland too. Iceland was really popular and obviously Bali is extremely popular, you know, just all the kind of hot spots, but um, that's why I was like, everyone wants to go see the Northern Lights in, in Iceland, and I want to go see them in Norway. Like, I want to, I want to really, like, get out there in the, you know, black abyss of the night and stay. <laughs> you'll get to go. I have no doubt you'll get to go. And I'm sure when you write about it, we would all love to hear about it. So share it with all your links and share it to me, please. Um so what financial hurdles have you run into along the way, starting your business, traveling, trying to, you know, make money, keep money, invest money? What are the biggest hurdles you've run into? Well, I will say that I don't have any student debt and that already sets me ahead of a lot of people who ended up going to college. I honestly think that I'm a lot more frugal when I have more money than like, let's say I, I have a thousand dollars in my bank account. I'm like, I'm going to go get my hair, my nails, my car cleaned. I'm going <laughs> to, but when I have a lot of money and I don't know, maybe this is kind of more of a scarcity mindset, almost like when I have a lot of money, I'm scared to spend it. Um, I don't know if you've done any like mindset work or anything, but a lot of it kind of goes down to if you if you feel and you kind of like give off the whole there there's enough money for me to have unlimited amount of money type of thing then not then spending a lot of money is okay because you know that there's basically an infinite amount of money out there um and honestly i thought it was a lot of kind of taboo at first, you know, working on my mindset and stuff, but I realized that I was having like a scarcity mindset where I didn't want to spend the money that I was making because I was scared if I spend it, then I won't have any, even though I'm still making money. Does that make sense? Kind of. So I think my hurdles have always been, I don't know, sometimes being a little too frugal with the money that I have and not really investing in the things that I needed. You know, there was, there was a time where things were really crazy and I really should have invested in, you know, hiring a team. And then I just let it get so overwhelming that I just had to stop everything. And I think that's one of the biggest things is being able to spend money on things that you know you need so you can work on the, the things that you're best at. Uh, so I ended up finally taking a leap and I hired a business coach <clears throat> and that definitely put a dent in my pocket. Uh, but other than that, I, I wouldn't say I have too many financial hurdles. I just think, you know, I'm fortunate that my fiance has definitely taken care of me when I've needed him to. And I know a lot of other people aren't fortunate like that. Um, but ever since I, 
I was 16, I had a job. When I was in college, sometimes I was working two jobs. Like I've always been one to hustle. And now that I work for myself, so it's not like I'm just doing busy work all the time or feeling like I'm hustling without getting anything in return. Yeah. Two things you brought up that I want to acknowledge. Number one is, so in my book, there's a chapter called Marry for Money, and it's not actually about getting married for money, but it is about marrying someone with the same financial goals aligned. For any of the women listening that are going to say to themselves, oh, well, she's, she's got a rich fiance, so she's got it easy. That's not true. She's That's cool. That's awesome that she's got a fiance that has money and does well, but she's still going to every day and busting her ass. And until anyone listening has 32,000 Instagram followers, uh, they can't, no one can really judge that. So I think it's great. I think it's a lot cooler that you're with someone that's also successful versus being with someone that you're having to carry all the weight. So I, I no apologies for that. I mean, and, and anyone that again, has an issue with it, that's their own issue. But the second thing is you hired a business coach and that's something a lot of with the idea. And it is very expensive as you mentioned. So why did you decide to do it? What was the outcome of that? And that, What's your feedback to people that are considering that? I knew that I had to do something else. You know, that quote about you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. That's how you go crazy. Well, I was going crazy because that's exactly what I, what I was doing. Um, I still had the name Bob Boyage Bitches. And I felt like <clears throat> I just needed a redo or a reboot, something like that. So this girl that I had actually met, um, in real life, she told me about her business coach and I ended up talking to her and hiring her and she was definitely an amazing coach. Um, what I will say after now having a new coach, um, because she wasn't specific to my niche, she wasn't, she was just a business coach. She wasn't a travel business coach. I think one of the lessons that I learned is that being in business for yourself and having a coach that has connections or ha has ways that they can help you get your foot in the door, I think is so much more important than them just helping you with email sequences or marketing material, because that's really where the opportunity comes in is getting like your brand in your niche in front of other big brands in your same niche, you know? So I think for anyone looking to hire a coach, I would say one, you need to do your research. You need to see if they vibe with you, if if they really have your best interests in mind and to find someone specifically maybe in your niche because um, I also religiously listen to like Gary Vee and stuff. And he's always telling people, go out and find someone who you admire, who you wanna be in their position and tell them that you will work for them for free for 90 days. So I feel like this is kind of the same thing. Go find a business coach that you either want to mimic their, um, you know, what they're doing or where they're at in their point of their life, or even just they inspire you so much because then they will be able to help you to get to that position. If that makes sense, hopefully. <laughs> surrounding yourself like if you're the most successful person in the room, you're in the wrong crowd. Exactly. Put people around you that are further along than you and, and fight to find those people and fight to be around those people because it is, it does influence everything in your life, you know? And I, I love my friends from high school. They're 
near and dear to me. And they're, you know, if I need to cry about something personal, they're the ones I'm going to call. But when it comes time for business yeah. and growing, well, that's, you have to take that into account. So exactly the same for me, you know, there are so many people who, and I think being an entrepreneur, a lot of people just don't understand, you know, a lot of my friends are like, let's go do this or, or, you know, can you take off for this? And yeah, of course, that's why, you know, I work for myself, but when I don't work, I don't make money. You know, there's not a set time that I have to get up and go to work or I have to stop work. Like, obviously I, sh I should have better boundaries, but when you're so passionate about what you do, then you kind of never want to stop. It's just always in the back of your mind. I'm always creating new ideas. So on Friday night, I came in the house and um, one of the kids said, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I have nothing. There are no events, which December, you know, crazy month events every freaking day, no event and no family in town, no friends in town. It was just a quiet Friday night. And I said, I'm going to sit at my computer and I'm going to work until like midnight. And he was like, um, that's You're weird. crazy. Yeah, and I was like, no, no, no. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I'm so happy to, I love working. And I, I did that yesterday as well. I sat at my computer all day almost and recorded some uh things for my business so yeah but i i think that's where you you have to understand the people who just want to go out and party or they they just don't understand what you're doing that's cool you know go out with them sometimes but <clears throat> it you just don't owe it to anyone to explain why you're doing what you're doing you know they, they go to work, they get paid, they have the weekends off or they have nights off or, or whatever they have. And that's, that's how they make money. But when you're an entrepreneur, you have to hustle. You have to do the things that need to be done in your business. And if sometimes that means, you know, working on Friday, Saturday and Sunday so that you can take a month off or, you know, go on a long trip. I feel like that's a good, what's the word? <laughs> Trade-off, yes. So many budding entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, they'll say to me, well, how do you do it? Well, I work my ass off. I work fucking harder than any person you've ever met mm -hmm. in your entire life. I work on the weekends. I work nights. But then when I want to go to Aruba and turn off my phone, I'm going to yeah. do that. I don't ask anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't take time off. There's no, like, that's just what I'm going to do. And that's my trade-off. And I like that. And I enjoy it. Yeah. And some days I'm cleaning a toilet in one of my businesses because if I walk in and it's gross, can't help myself, but I'm going to fix it. Last night I worked until, um, I think I came home and ate dinner at 10 o'clock at night, which not that I recommend that for everyone, but for me, I, we had an awesome night at one of my companies. It was a great event and made great money. And I don't care if I ate at 10 o'clock at night, you know, yeah. I didn't have to get up getting to do anything. So I got to sleep in this morning. Anyway, so cool. Well, I love hearing how hard you're working. I love seeing what you're doing. I can't wait to start following you because everything you're doing is just super exciting to me. And I love travel. And I think you're doing a really good job at it. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are in travel, but they aren't really in travel, you know? So right, right. In it, and you're doing things that I think are very exciting and interesting with it and very forward thinking. So before we end, and when we end, I'm going to have you tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and stalk you and all those good things. We have five questions that we ask at the end of every podcast. I don't know why I'm saying we, because it's just me. All right. So who is the woman that you most admire? I definitely admire my mom the most. I can't say it's any celebrity or coach or anything like that. My mom is extremely compassionate and 
she's just an amazing woman and anyone who meets her is honestly like how did tatum spawn from you because i'm just crazy and i'm obnoxious and i'm extremely extroverted which my mom is too but she's definitely not crazy she's honestly an angel so i just admire her for the way that she looks at life and i wish sometimes i had a, a little bit more compassion for people or situations i think i'm just a no bullshit person and i, I see past a lot of that and i think she just chooses to see the best in everyone and I wish I could do that, but <laughs> I see the worst in some people. Yeah, there's times where I literally, literally think to myself, because I love my mom and very compassionate. And I think, okay, what would my mom think or do in this situation? Because I just want to cut some off. Like, no, I'm done with you. You're full of shit. I can't handle you. And my mom is like, you know, everyone's got their story. Like, she's always seeing the other side. I'm like, oh, I need to have a better heart like you do, mom. So that's answer because I haven't heard a lot of mom as an answer. All right. So what is your favorite self-help book or just book in general? It doesn't have to be self-help. I think one of the best books that I've read in a really long time is Fear is My Homeboy by Judy Holler. Um, I feel like it hits on a lot of the things that we talked about today. And I guess kind of like morphing into this fearless travel coach, it just really hits a nail on the head for everything that I've kind of felt throughout my life and everything that I need to start feeling or that I need to be more aware of. Um, and just like the title fear is my homeboy, like fear is really there to help us, you know, it's there to show us, okay, we're leveling up or, you know, from a survival standpoint, it's there to make us feel scared when we're in scary situations. Like we need fear and but by making it kind of like your frenemy almost when it shows up in your life you can kind of look at dead in the eyes and be like okay thanks for showing me that i need to move on or i need to make a next step or that my business is growing and you need to get out of the way so that i can do my shit. <laughs> it's a lot of things that i had actually been studying as trying to become the fearless travel coach and like i said before Growing up, I was always just fearless. I've, I've dyed my hair crazy colors, you know, dropped out of college, gone on all these spontaneous trips. It's just throughout my life, that's how I've been. And that's why I really realized that this is the path that I want to go because it's so true to myself. And she just kind of hit every other little aspect of fear and what it can do to you and you know, how it kind of paralyzes you at times. So just being able to read that and really understand where fear comes from and what it means, I think is awesome. And everyone should read it. <laughs> also, I feel like no matter which business that you're in, fear is kind of, you know, that's a niche for everyone. Fear is fear. You know, everyone has that. It's not specific to one person, race, gender, business, you know, any of that. So it's very important to understand. Cool. I'm again, excited to get it. I haven't heard of that one. So that's, and it sounds like a title that I'd enjoy. So makes me yeah. laugh. Well, what is your favorite hobby? Um, okay. So I think I love playing tennis. 
honestly. I would say cooking too. I love to cook, um, especially from traveling a lot, just being able to cook different cuisines. Uh, I, I love being out there in the kitchen, I guess. But um, other than that, yes, playing tennis. I played tennis all through high school, throughout college, stuff like that. It's one of the only sports that you can really play until you're old or even if you're um, disabled. I remember playing against this guy who he was like top five on the East Coast and he was in a wheelchair. But if you saw us play and, and you didn't see who was playing, you would think he was on two feet. Yeah. And tennis is a lifelong sport. And I tell that to people all the time. Yeah. It's a great lifelong sport. Shockingly. So, you know, Atlanta has incredible uh, tennis organizations for yes. USDA or T or K Swiss T2, all of them. And when I moved to Florida, they don't have leagues like that. So to play, it's much more difficult and it's really frustrating because you would assume Florida. Yeah. So, and it's not, it's not like that. So I'm still struggling a year and a half later to find a tennis team that I could play on. So, but I'm glad to hear you play tennis. When I come up there, we'll have to meet up and go play some tennis. I love it. I, I actually used to, going back to me being financially uh, frugal, <laughs> I used to help my um, tennis coach teach underprivileged kids uh, on the weekends. And then in return, he would give me free uh, private coaching lessons. That's awesome because you're one, giving back, and two, getting your learning, you know? So nice little tip of a way to improve yourself and improve the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I would come home and be like, mom, we have to get these kids some shoes. <laughs> in that way, I, I have been compassionate in, in those senses. Um, like eventually we actually want to adopt a few children. Um, so in that way, I'm not a heartless bitch. <laughs> there are certain things. <laughs> I'm not heartless either, but my, I understand your mom is just super compassionate saying so right. yeah so <laughs> what is the last thing you did for fun we renovated our entire basement and <clears throat> we love hosting people and we had a white trash Christmas party nice and it was so much fun <laughs> um so so yeah that's kind of that's the last thing I did for fun and that that might not resonate with a lot of people or people might have a problem with that. But I grew up in the very country, redneck, backyard, everything. And it's just fun to kind of pick at, you know, your life or um I don't know if you I don't know if you follow uh trailer trash Tammy. <laughs> um she's amazing. She's actually like a like comedian I guess um you definitely have to follow her I'm also obsessed with Reba Reba McIntyre and she is obsessed with her as well and she like has all these crazy t-shirts that you can buy and stuff it's it's awesome so if you want to get your white trash on follow her <laughs> I'll invite you to my party next year <laughs> sounds fun so yeah uh I'm sure you've checked off a lot of bucket list items, but what is an item that's still left on your bucket list? Um, uh, I mean, I definitely said Norway to see the Northern Lights. Um, that's huge for me. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I just feel like there's so many and that I've honestly checked off a lot of my bucket list. Yeah, but Norway's a great one. That's yeah, the, the Northern Lights for sure. 
it's always the more, like I said, being an adventure traveler, I just, I like to be outdoors. I don't want to go to museums and study history and stuff. That's just not the type of traveler that I am. And I think that's also another big thing for anyone listening. When you travel, it's, it's whatever you want to get out of traveling. It's not, oh, because you didn't go see uh, the Mona Lisa when you were in Paris. That doesn't mean you're a bad traveler who went to Paris. It just means you want to get something more out of your travels or something different that not everyone does. And I think that's so important to not follow sometimes what everyone is doing and find your own different ways. Experience it, not just look at it, but actually experience it. Yeah, don't just go there to take pictures and and that's it. I remember actually seeing the Mona Lisa and I was like, wow, this is it. Like, I got to get out of here and drink my drink my weight in wine now because <laughs> I had to stand through this long ass line trying to take a picture of something we've seen ever since we were young. You know, yeah. it, it's... And it, it's really not my favorite painting by any standard. <laughs> no, same, same. Yeah. So, all right, awesome. Well, before we wrap this up, let everyone know where they can follow you on all the social media, your website, how they can reach out to you. And yeah, let them know how they can find you. So if you ever have any questions about travel or being becoming a travel coach or getting into it, anything like that, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. It's bomboyage underscore babes. Um, you can also find my website, bomboyage-babes. I know it's kind of, I, I realized that someone actually had bomboyage-babes and I tried to contact them um, to buy the domain and she told me no. And I was like, we're going to see about this. <laughs> so it's bomboyage-babes um, to find me on my website. I have a lot of good information there and I will be posting my new website, um, the fearless travel coach dot bomboyage babe soon. And that's a way that you can work with me and get to know me a little better. If you're in a corporate setting, if you're an entrepreneur, or if you're just a broke college student who just feels lost, you know, a lot of people just need someone to talk to. And I'm always here to here to talk to you. Um, obviously free. I'd love to give myself to people, give them value because a lot of people just don't give everyone the time of day. And I wish I had someone like me now that I could confide in who would give me just some tips and tricks, you know, or just a little path of direction. So um, let's see. So Instagram, my website, and then follow me on TikTok also, bomboyage underscore babes. <laughs> Basically it's everything bomboyage underscore babes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I've been to motivate myself to download TikTok today and get, get moving on that. What's funny is I downloaded it and I started uploading a few videos. Like the third video I ever uploaded got 175,000 views. That's amazing. I mean, you can't get that type of organic reach on Instagram right now and definitely not on Facebook. So being able to reach that type of audience organically without having to pay, you know, without having to deal with this algorithm is pretty impressive. So get yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah. We will. Well, girl, thank you so much. You're amazing. You're awesome. You're everything you're doing is really, really cool. So I can't wait to see your adventures and see your Northern light pictures when they happen. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Yeah, me too. And we'll connect next time I'm in Atlanta. I'll let you know and we'll get together and you can school me in some tennis. 
Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, have a great New Year's and thanks for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. So again, basically I want to be her when I grow up. She was freaking amazing. Her lifestyle is amazing. Her understanding of money is amazing. And I think she's doing some pretty cool stuff out there. Check out her website. Check out her Instagram. It's really fun to look at, really fun to learn from. And if you're looking to grow your Instagram base, I think you can take a lot of great information from what she's done. And again, just um, follow her page and you can see what she continues to do. So that's it for today, guys. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you get a chance, subscribe, give me a review on the podcast, share it with your friends. And until the next time we meet, I just want to remind you that regardless what dreams you have and what big goals you want to achieve, there's no need to worry about it because boss ladies, you got this.